Alrighty, guys. We are back at it. Again. Day late this time, but that's okay. Alex was traveling yesterday. So... We're you here and back at it. Okay. I think I should be unmuted now. Yeah, you're good now. If you're still on mute. Anyway, did I catch a little sun? Um, no. No? Well, that's doesn't, good at least. Doesn't look like you did. You still look like the normal pale ginger everybody's used to. Well, good. I was expecting fully to have uh, rock and sunburn when I got back. But well, you must I, have found the SPF 7000 and really just lathered that on with a paint roller. It was 35, thank you. <laughs> 35. Just reapply at the uh, back nine. Yeah. Did pretty good. There you go. And we really didn't spend a whole lot. Like, by the time, dude, those courses in Arizona, man, I don't know if anybody in here is golfers, but they're tough. Like, you gotta be damn near perfect with every single one of your shots right did you is is tpc sawgrass out there is that am i right on that is that the one where the waste management that's in phoenix yeah. that's in phoenix yes yeah, um, so i was yeah, right we did we played a lot of the pro level courses around that but we didn't play that actual course oh i got you i got you like average green fee was like 250 dollars. mother so, trucker dude yeah but just fucking I bet, dude. I bet. Just gorgeous. I. Thanks, Spaceman. Can't imagine. Yeah, Spaceman sounds good. Um, yeah, I understand you're busy, but thanks for popping by and wishing us a good podcast. Thank you, sir. Um, I think this week we're gonna start abroad internationally, uh, and we're gonna start. Actually, since this has been a topic on everybody's mind, on uh, it's been a big part of the news lately. Uh, the 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 shipping. Oh, well, it's not a shipping container. It's the, sh the, the ship. <laughs> the shipping ship. Cargo ship. The cargo ship. There you go. The, ship that ships the ships that ships the ship. <laughs> um, no, that cargo ship uh, finally got popped loose uh, out of the Suez Canal. When? when uh, I think earlier today, actually, or yesterday. Oh, man. The memes are over then, huh? Yeah, the memes are over. Rest in peace. Uh, ever given memes. <laughs> And wasn't the name of the ship Evergreen or something? Yeah, like Evergreen, that? something like that. And then there was a uh, somebody had posted something saying the simulation was glitching because there was like a semi that was an Evergreen semi that was that like jackknifed, jackknifed. In the, of the interstate and was holding up all the traffic and nobody could get around it. And but, then uh, there was um, <laughs> I saw a meme about it, so it had that the the boat cattywampus in the canal, the um the the semi cattywampus on the interstate and then it was an airplane of the same company flying through the sky and then you won't get this but some of these other people will get this it was a it was a picture of anakin skywalker at the beginning of episode three going this is where the fun begins right after the <laughs> the airplane in the sky so it was kind of funny because it was gonna be like, oh well, here comes the plane next. So <laughs> it was. If that I plane was... somehow would have gotten sideways on like the landing ramp and was holding up all the planes. I would have been like, we're officially living in a simulation. Hashtag <laughs> squash. No What's up, squash? Squash said hashtag put it back. <laughs> put the boat back. 
no, it's funny. So we're starting off on a lighthearted note on that international news. The the ship the ships pop loose and shipping can resume and nine I saw the I saw the number nine point six billion dollars worth of goods can now continue on their way to wherever they were going. So that's good. They were they were having to go around that port station and like Yeah, like so I don't know, man. All the way around the island and I, when I saw when I saw how it was wedged in there, somebody had made some engineering guy like made a, I guess a, a joke meme about it on Twitter and was like, look, this is all you got to do. You put one <laughs> couple of tugboats on the front of it with some ropes and a couple of tugboats on the back of it with some ropes and just have them pull it in opposite directions and pop it loose. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Both go in reverse. Yeah. Well, they didn't have to go in reverse. Just reverse the front ones up to it and yeah. then have them go forward and then have the other guys post it up on the back and pull forward too and i was like yeah that actually makes a lot of sense that'll pop it loose and then i was informed that it was actually wedged into the shore um and would require a little bit more effort than a bunch of tugboats could do to to pop it loose so that guy's losing his job well it wasn't his fault from what i (laughs) from what i understand it was um it was uh the ship lost power and so they had no way to steer it Uh, and so it lost power, and, and it just went with the current, and it just said, so. Worst possible position. Yeah, like that sucks. Somalian pirates got to be happy that more ships are going all the way around Africa, true. Yeah, saw that meme also. They were like, we had the captain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same. What is that from Blood Diamond? No, that's from uh, the Tom Hanks movie. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it right now. But yeah, so anyway, uh, the ship's loose, the Suez Canal is open again, and all of your goods you were waiting on to come to Amazon to get shipped to you are now be on their way. Thank God. Captain Phillips, yes, thank you, Combo. Also, welcome, Combo. Um, so yeah, but now, moving to a little bit more of a, of a serious topic on the, uh, on the international um, side of things. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but the Uyghurs out in uh, the far western reaches of, or actually northwestern reaches of China, um, and their plight as they are are still being rounded up, putting put into essentially what they want to call them internment camps or concentration centers. But that's yeah, that's what they are uh, getting rounded up and put into concentration camps, forced to do hard labor, um, like picking a bunch of cotton out of there. Uh, that that grows out there, um, as as well as uh, hey Zeus, what's up, man? Um, as well as um, some of the a lot of the women are being forcibly sterilized. Um, there's a lot of sexual assault happening uh, with them as well, and that's coming from the mouths of those that uh, have escaped those uh, detainment centers. Um, and a bunch of torture going on as well. Uh, so in response to that, if, uh, I, I believe there, are uh, uh, some companies, Nike, H and M and a few others that are now, um, dropping sanctions, um, on China, uh, they're not accepting, they're basically boycotting the cotton that's coming from China because the majority of it comes out of that region. And, uh, oh, nice. We had a new host from Chris Rubio artist. Thank you. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of companies that are um, boycotting the cotton out of there to try and put the squeeze on China to get them to stop mistreating these people. And uh, 
China is not liking it, and Russia is actually backing China from what I've what I've seen. So um, right here, several countries, including you know us, the United States, Canada, and the Netherlands, um, they've accused China of committing genocide, which is defined by international convention as the intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethical, or racial uh, or religious group, which is essentially what's China what what China is doing now um, to the to the Uyghur population. Uh, out there in the northwest, and I'm going to butcher this uh, uh, name again, but I'm pretty sure it's, I, I want to say pronounced Xinjiang uh, province uh, out there, but uh, the Australian Strategic Policy Institute has found evidence in 2020, uh, so last year, of there's more than 380 of what China is calling re-education camps. Uh, so, yeah, and things are, things are still bad for the Uyghurs. That the coronavirus still has not leaked from that lab in Wuhan. Right. The, a former member, former leader of the CDC, has come out for Congress now and testified, saying, "Hey, the stars are aligning. This is what happened. I mean, this is, you know, without having boots on the ground and actually having physical evidence, it's pretty likely that this is what happened." And the World Health Organization is still like, "Nah, bro." Yeah, it's just uh and Chris Rubio artist with the uh, with the follow as well. Thank you. Welcome to our podcast, sir. And yep, you are correct. Lab leak central. Look at that a D-man sighting. What's up, Danny? Um so yeah, things are things are not um not going good over there. Uh China China is fucking with Taiwan pretty bad. China China has been fucking with Taiwan. They want Taiwan so bad and Taiwan's like leave us the fuck alone. They're poking the U.S. bear with that because they're going to put us into a corner where we're either going to have to support an ally and support Taiwan, which will basically mean war with China. Yeah, essentially. So what we've been doing for a long time is because China for a long time down there, uh, uh, down in the South uh, East Asian seas have been, uh, they've been actually building islands down there, uh, just man-made islands trying to claim that all that water down there is sovereign Chinese territory. And the U.S. has ramped up in recent years um, naval patrols and naval presence out there. Like, nope, this is international waters. You need to cool it. And China is basically just like, fuck you. This is ours. This is ours. We're the we're the biggest, you know, the, the heavyweight over here. So we're going to impose our will on everybody else. And everybody else in the world is kind of like, no, bro, you can't do that. So well, the tensions are high. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that played a pretty large part in the trade war that Trump started on yes. China. And nobody really loves trade wars because historically they haven't ended up that well. Mm-hmm. That was a motive, at least, for him to try to swing around some weight and say, okay, well, if you're going to do this, we're going to put sanctions on trade. Uh-huh. And China never is like, well, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll cool it. No, they, they're just, they're kind of belligerent. <laughs> Go up a level. Turn it up a notch. Yeah, turn it up to 11. Yeah, um, yeah so China's just, just really trying to flex their 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 muscles over there. Um, but what China has said in response to, to, the, to the sanctions and everything that have happened... Um, against them due to their treatment of the Uyghurs, um, they s- comment is a really good one. Also, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I promise. I promise. Um, they, you know, they say that they're detaining their detainment of the Uyghurs is completely untrue, which we have satellite imaging that says false. Um, 
And they say that the crackdown is necessary to prevent terrorism and root out Islamist extremism. The camps are an effective tool for re-educating inmates in its fight against terrorism. Uh, they insist that the Uyghur militants are waging a violent campaign for an independent state by plotting bombings, sabotage, and civic unrest. Uh, they've been accused of exaggerating the threat um, in order to justify repression of the Uyghurs. China has dismissed his claims uh, that it's trying to reduce the Uyghur population through mass sterilization. They've said they're baseless and that the forced labor is completely fabricated. Everybody else see, goes, we see through your thinly veiled excuses. Well, it would be like us starting to round up like Antifa or Proud Boys or, you know, any one of those groups because like two mass shootings recently. Right. One was a white guy who is quote unquote a sex addict or something. I don't know. What yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the, that was the excuse that he gave. He went around shooting Asians. He shot eight not, people and six of those were Asian. So yeah, he, he specifically targeted Asian. He went to a spa slash nail salon, which was run by Asian people. Yeah. A few of them. Um, and then you have the, I don't even want to say the guy's name, but it was a, a name that you would see, like, if you would have seen that name from, like, a terrorist organization in the Middle East, you wouldn't really be able to distinguish the two, although the guy was from Colorado, mm -hmm. predominantly. Um, but, again, you can't say that it's that it has terrorist, mo terrorist motives right now, but you kind of see the dots connecting in that direction. So, yeah. But, but we also can't go rounding up everyone that's you know, a Trump supporter, proud boy, whatever, that visits Asian parlors, and you can't round up everybody that this guy knew that has a Middle Eastern name. You know, that's basically what China's doing and claiming it in the name of anti-terrorism. Right, and and another thing that uh, is to be noted is that uh, the Uyghurs and their, where they live out there has been relatively autonomous, uh, for a long time to some type, some type of the same degree as Hong Kong was. And now that now China is really trying to put the squeeze on all of those and bring everybody into the, to the fold under, under the CC, the, the CCP. Um, so I'm gonna get to Combo's comments real fast. So he said, uh, re-education is probably the worst name they could have chosen for those places. They should have just been like, come on down to China check out our concentration camps. Make sure to back us against sanctions on your way out to gift shop. And notice that's cold as fuck. That's basically what they're doing. No, it, it's essentially right. And, and Russia is basically perpetuating that narrative um, as well. Um, Kampo also went on to say that people need to remember that just because someone is from China, it doesn't mean that they support the Chinese Communist Party uh, uh, or their atrocities. Um, a lot of people that live in China don't support the CCP, uh, and they only are saying it because they're afraid of Xi Jinping's regime. Um, cause like if literally, if you say anything bad about that dude, like people, people disappear and are never heard from again. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that, that's also to note, um, squash, I did not like if you go against Putin and Russia, yeah, I know, next thing you know, the KGB's rounding you up. Like eerily similar um squash I did not see the fleet of Chinese ships that were off the coast of the Philippines but I mean that doesn't surprise me um at all so so yeah so I mean that that I know we we covered this a little bit 
um, a long, a while ago, a long while ago, uh, kind of when we, we first heard about it. Um, but clearly, obviously, nothing has changed much, except for now there's uh, countries putting sanctions out. Uh, Combo said that, you know, Canada, the U.S., U.K., India, obviously, uh, and Australia are the ones that are putting these sanctions out against China to try and strong on them economically into not doing what they're doing with the Uyghurs. It's very... That's pretty much the only thing we can do right now because if we were to do any other type of action, it would be more akin to an act of war. And nobody really wants that right now because if we go to war with China over their genocidal treatment of the Uyghurs, uh, as justified as I feel it would be, it would cause China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, um, and yeah, a bunch of those, you know, all those allies to band together. And now we have World War Three essentially so th the way we're handling this now uh and for the most part i think a little bit is how most wars are going to go uh until something really goes crazy um is there going to be economically economic and um kind of uh cyber uh cyber based um until it's, something really pops off. So like it's war without putting boots on the ground and going and shooting. It's out. essentially Cold War round two. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, China China's denying their mistreatment of the Uyghurs. Meanwhile, Uyghurs are escaping those internment camps and saying this is heinous. And the rest of the free world is doing as much as they can. Um, to try and uh, put the squeeze on China to get them to stop doing what they're doing. So, Squash so said the Philippines deployed their air force to try and scare them off. Did it work? Hopefully. God. I hope so. Oh, God, that's a lot of shit for me now. Sorry. No, you're good. No, you're fine. I was turning it up for for everybody else, hopefully. Squash said I was still quiet, so we're trying to get the sound right. Right. Yeah, that's the last thing Biden wants is uh, his first year of presidency to go to war with China. That's not a very good stamp on the resume. Not at all. Uh, kind of moving, I guess, transitioning now a little bit more into Biden and politics. Um, the border crisis that somehow we have heard less and less about as time has moved farther forward from the election um the body the the border crisis hasn't really gotten any better uh it's actually gotten worse and what you what we what you hear or actually what you don't hear now is the outcry of people saying oh there's so many people detained yada 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 all this stuff so the energy that they brought against trump for detaining uh people at the border and uh, and telling uh, immigrants that while you're waiting on your, you know, asylum uh, petitions to be heard and everything, you will stay in Mexico. That went away. Uh, Biden has reversed that, and um, now they can people that are seeking asylum can immediately come into the United States and start working. Um, and this is just, you know, one article that I've read. I tried to take this with a grain of salt because it's from a, a, a website called thefederalist.com. I tried to steer away from uh, the main news networks 
Federalist is very right leaning, also. Yeah, I I could tell by the the way the (laughs) the article was written. So I was trying to go through here and pick out the at least the facts, um, out of here. Um, but yeah, so basically the 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 Democrats in the House are still blaming Trump for everything that he put in place. Um, for that, Biden has come in, rolled back a lot of things that happened, um, a lot of things that Trump put in place. Uh, for the um, the immigration policies, so now, um, you know, people that are seeking asylum can just come in and start working. And this article is saying that a lot of uh, those asylum seekers and immigrants just straight up don't go to their hearings because they already got what they want. They came in and now they're working, and that's what they wanted from uh, from the get go. Well, and- so. I I think there's some truth in that statement, but the the border crisis didn't become a border crisis because of who was in power or who the president was. It's it's been a crisis. It's it's been around since the Clintons and yeah. Obama deported more people under his reign than many presidents had in the past, which isn't necessarily on its face a bad thing because there are bad people trying to get into America to do things other than work here and live an honest life here. That's a fact. That's not a racist statement. It's just a fact that there's money to be made in selling things from Mexico in the United States. And it's funny because I tweeted it like two weeks after the coronavirus became a big thing. Everybody wants open borders until something like the coronavirus comes along and then everybody's like, well, wait, hold on a minute. Let's let's think about this. There's still a pandemic and now there's a variant supposedly from Africa that people from Mexico who are trying to immigrate here have. And you're putting these people into a big the the reference that I heard today was you're putting them into like a hundred person holding cell, right? And then you're splitting 50 of those people up and saying, okay, well, these people have COVID and 50 of the others and saying, well, these people don't have COVID. Well, they were just in a holding cell altogether. So we can't necessarily just be releasing these people who have just traveled, take their nationality out of the picture, just from a pandemic perspective, you can't just go releasing all these people into the public Right. Right. When mass mandates are starting to get lifted, we cared so much about COVID and we should care about COVID. But now when you start to mix politics and immigration into the COVID scheme and and you just use it as a as a blanket statement of, well, you know, these people are seeking asylum, so we're just going to release them. Well, th- there has to be some sort of a process to, yeah, release the people that are really seeking asylum but it has to be done better. You just can't let these flocks of and droves of people come on over, you know, who were just surrounded by people who had COVID and now release them into our public to go work in a kitchen right. or where, wherever I'm not go saying. Work, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. The thing that gets, that gets me a lot about it is that, um, you know, with the detainments that are happening, um, the detainments have, somewhat increased because now they are just letting you know everybody in but they gotta like be detained for um for a certain amount of time i don't know exactly how much time but we don't hear the left 
calling out, you know, whole, basically holding Biden to the same accountability that was, that they tried to hold Trump to. Like, as soon as Biden got elected, everybody was just like, well, things are great now, and he can do no wrong. Uh, and, and we got our $1,400 stimmy check, um, but that's all we cared about. So, you know, he's over there, you know, bombing Syria again, um, detaining thousands of people um, at the border while they wait for their stuff and then just releasing them into the, the American wild, basically, to work. Um, and and all this, it's just like, you guys are so wishy-washy and flip-floppy. Like, it, as long as your guy wins, you don't care what he does. That's the thing about it. But God is... forbid, the previous president, who did a little bit less, who did less, you know, in that regard, at least at the border crisis... Well, we got our panties in a bunch because there's children with foil blankets in cages. Well, that didn't change. That's still happening, and even to uh, a greater degree. So, where's that? Where's that same energy you brought the last four years to this four years? Well, there. I I do think I've said it a couple times. I do think people that got so uptight and so anti-right while Trump was in office because Trump was who he was. Um, are starting to see now that they're a little bit more educated about politics that like, oh shit, Trump didn't create all of this. Mm -mm. This isn't something that like Trump just manufactured in his four years. Either these are the same issues that right. we were talking about the first Bush. 16 to 20 years ago. Yeah. The first Bush presidency, yeah. these were all the same issues. Right. And, and yeah, there are good things that each president did to try to combat them, but there's no, there's not, it's not one right answer on how to fix no. these things because they're complicated. But meanwhile, you have Nancy Pelosi standing up in front of the House and talking to the public, trying to whip everybody up into frenzy, saying, oh, the reason things are so bad right now with immigration is because of the previous administration. And it's like, no. No. No, that's not the reason. Like it's like we've said, it's been an ongoing issue. A big issue A was big when Biden went on TV and said first on 100 days as many of you that can come here get here and uh under the first 100 100 days we're gonna have open borders it's like well no mm -hmm. like and that's why there's a surge because uh, a lot of the uh the immigrants on there were waiting to see who got elected yeah and once they saw that biden got elected they knew they were like oh things are going to be a little bit more lax go go to the border now we'll be able to get in yeah, Which, and, and I I'm feel like, for those people. Right, and I'm not saying, like, I'm going to stand up here and, and, and say that Alex and I are against immigration, that everybody is not allowed in the United States. Like, that's not what we're saying. We just, we're, we're, we're just trying to, you know, say that, well, at least for me, I'm not going to speak for Alex on this, but for me, it's like, just I'm, come to the U.S. If you want to come to the U.S., come to the U.S., that's fine, but do it the right way. Exactly. And go through the process. And honestly, I, I don't think, and this is just me, like, I'm not a Trumper. I don't, you know, I don't support Trump. But the policy that he put in place of like, you know, you can come, you're going to wait for your asylum hearing, but you're going to wait in Mexico. I don't think that's a bad idea. Because sometimes, you know, like those hearings can take their backlog. So it takes sometimes years. And as unfortunate as that is, that wasn't his fault. That was that stemmed from years and years before him of you know people trying to, to, to come and policies that happen there and policies changing all the time. There's a reason there's a backlog. Because there's not one centralized like way to do things. It gets changed all the time. But making them wait in, in, in Mexico, I don't think was a bad idea. No, that's no just and me. there's 
there's a lot that can happen if you truly are seeking asylum from Mexico because or even not even just Mexico if you're seeking asylum any, from any country. some central american country or or you came seeking asylum to the united states by way of mexico from another country because you're fleeing terrorism um cartels um governmental oppression uh or or, or um like a dictatorship or something like that come on and and you know and, maybe there's a way that we fast track those type of people we don't just ever like but i don't i mean i don't know enough about this to really get into it but no and i'm not a politician either but growing up on the south texas border i do know that many of the asylum seekers are fleeing an oppressive government or mainly a cartel because Mm -hmm. here's what happens you have a son and the cartel comes to you and says hey we want ben jr to join our gang and if he doesn't join the cartel then we're going to kill your friends and family members and they're like well hey we don't want our son to join a gang but we also love our family and we don't really want them to be killed so let's try to head north to america you know and and that's a very plausible that's the definition of seeking asylum asylum that's why we should have that process in place but then you also have the actors who are part of that very same cartel trying to get in here to do nefarious activities. And then those two people end up in the same place waiting to seek asylum at the same time. And they're still in Mexico and they still have their reign. So it's a double-edged sword. There's no right answer here. Right. But the right answer isn't keep everybody out. And the right answer isn't let, let everybody, everybody in. in. There's a middle no, ground there. You have to have a better system in place that's set up for things like this. And when the current brand new president is openly inviting people to the border because he's promising that them that they can get in, that that's not a that's not a very feasible promise. You you right. just can't do that and keep everybody as safe as possible. Exactly. And so Combo's itching to get our his comments read. So I'll okay, I'll get after it. Um, so Combo started saying the border is a very decisive issue. With the while the U.S. would probably love to have those people come into in here, um, there are a lot of issues that come with that uh, that are monumental. And while they shouldn't just close the border completely, they do need to control the amount of people they let in for logistical and ethical reasons. Um, you can't just let everyone in, unfortunately. The Democrats won't strengthen the border, and the Re- Republicans will just damn it. Um, personally, he thinks the best form of action at the border would be to start accepting people who have family already in the U.S. and slowly start to allow new immigrants into the country. Um, and Squash, That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea either. And Squash had a good comment, uh, too. He said, uh, you know, please do come legally, but that being said, the process itself needs to be fixed, and that is true as well. Um, which well, we, we kind of just talked about, like the process, immigrate. There, there needs to be. There's plenty of things in this country that needs that need to be reformed, and immigration is one of those things. Um, the the process needs to be reformed, and what needs to happen is is just another one of those issues that I think um, uh, we can both say that that immigration needs to not be a bipartisan issue and and be used as a as a as a as a pawn for political gain by either side, but to be kept in the middle uh, and both parties and both sides come together and, and sit down. And this, this was something that was actually pointed out in that other article I read, which was a good point is that the, the Democrats and the Republican need to Republicans need to come at this issue um, together with open minds, sit down, talk it out and find the best course of action, uh, but keep partisan politics out of it and just look at it 
uh, mainly as like a humanitarian issue and not a political issue. We've said the same thing a hundred times and I'll say it again right now. It's a game. That's the problem with two party politics is who's going to win the game right now. Who's going to come out as the top dog looking, you know, right in the face of voters instead of just sitting down and coming up with a real solution it's all monetarily monetarily backed and who can win the game and who can look the best and we've seen that happen for the last 10 years at least that i can remember and we end up finding ourselves in these same shitty situations yep over and over again. over and over and over again um and you know that's that that you know that sucks and you know i'm not going to continue beating the dead horse that that we do you know and saying that we need to get rid of a two-party system because everybody knows that that's how we feel yeah um but again you know you know the same thing goes with that what alex was saying along you know along the lines of covid is that 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 throws another wrench in the works in this whole issue is we're finally starting to open things back up here vaccines are getting rolled out people are getting vaccinated um you know, we're finally starting to get to a point where uh, life can ch- kind of go back to normal. And what we don't need is an influx of people respreading it. And what will also happen, too, is is some of those, a lot of those people will probably have the variant that came from Brazil. Because that's not get, just localized to Brazil. That would have spread, too. If we get put on another lockdown with the variant of the COVID virus, not only am I going to lose my mind, but most of the American general population is going to lose their mind yeah. and the economy is going to not be able to rebound. Yeah. It's going to be bad like, news bears. You, you have to at a certain point in time and be transparent about it and be honest about why you're making the decision. It might not be the most humanitarian decision. And, and that's a fact that we might have to live with. It, it might be a sole humanitarian incentive based decision whatever it is that's what it needs to be called though yeah you have to be transparent you can't you can't keep living under this guise of oh we're trying to keep everyone happy and we're trying to do what's best forever you're never again we've said it a hundred times you're never going to be able to keep everybody happy so make the best decision for our country and and our people that's what i was going to say and 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 right now maybe you know maybe the best decision for us while we try and get our country back on track is to really limit the amount of immigrants that we you know let in as as shitty as it sounds because a lot of those people are facing dire consequences and and, and dire situations um and, and you know you know the united states wants to be a friend to everyone sometimes the interest of your own country outweighs being a friend to other people well, everybody wants to talk about Switzerland all the time and, and all those other countries where it's like damn near impossible to get citizenship to, which, again, and like Jesus's comment is perfect because we're both from the same town. We both, I'm sure if, I don't think he's first generation immigrant, but I'm sure very close in his family line, someone is first generation immigrants. We need to take care of those people. We do. We need to get them here. We need to make them feel safe land of opportunity land of freedom perfect get them in make it cheap get them in as fast as we can but don't just say come one come all go crazy yeah yeah and that's the thing that goes hand in hand with the reform to that immigration policy that we talked about is like i know i i know i've heard it's heard it before and i know that like our immigration process is very long and very expensive and those people 
like they have to um they have to know more about american history than even that even you know most americans get um get taught in history classes in school in american history or even in college um and for whatever reason i don't know why that's the why that's part of the process but you know i, I don't feel that you need to have make an immigrant know more than a natural born citizen about the country they're coming to cuz half the no. population doesn't even know half like a third of the things that are that is on that immigration test those immigration tests are hard yeah they're hard like and it's it's wild my you know my dad has a uh, a story you know he when he was here uh in the u.s just taking college classes um he took an american history class and he as a as a natural you know natural born australian citizen with his um you know ins card to be in in america he knew more than the uh than the, the american kids in in that class which is crazy so i can't imagine you know somebody coming from central america or you know africa or somewhere else through the way of of, of mexico try knowing that you know all that stuff that they needs that they need to know so you know there's reform that needs to happen yeah uh, if you have a if you have some free time google search that immigration test i'm sure it's and just see outrageous. and see if you can pass it because how many tough. questions is it do you know or last oh, time you looked it's been a while i took it and i failed it actually um gosh this is probably like five years ago um i want to say it's a 20 to 30 question test all on like founding fathers names and who signed the declaration of independence and who were the first presidents and you know blah 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 but it's it's not easy yeah. that's for sure uh Metters is saying that he's also of the opinion you shouldn't qualify for public assistance until you've paid into the system for a period of time and and I I will agree with that because it's the same. For example, it's the same with the military. So for me, um, if I want to use, I'll use this as an example. If I want to use the GI Bill, on the post nine eleven GI Bill for education, um, I don't get to use it right away. As soon as I sign my contract, I have to be in the military for at least four years, for one enlistment before I get to use that because that's you paying into it. So you got to pay into it before you're able to use it. Because I did, I tried. I found out real quick that it's not how it works. Because um, when I was in the Marine Corps Reserves, I was I had one semester of college left, and I was like, oh, maybe I can get the GI Bill to help me out with this last semester, or the or whatever bill, or some tuition assistance. And I I put in for it, and they were like, you're fresh out of boot, and uh, they were like, and I was like, yup, and they said, sorry, kid. Uh, you got to pay in and for the reserves, it's an even longer amount of time. Cause you're not, you're not active duty. So it takes even longer for you to pay in, to be able to use, to use that stuff. Well, and another good example of that and of Metters's, um, example in itself, it would be like if someone who, you know, was freshly eligible for retirement just one day said, okay, I'm eligible for retirement. Um, I haven't paid anything into social security or anything like that but now i'm just eligible for like some standard 401k or whatever it's like well no that's not how money works right like, you, and, you need to be here and pay into this system whatever that system is to be able to draw from that system right. otherwise it's just free money right and, Metters, and that's not how it works right Metters, you make a good point about military service so i know 
uh, while I was going through Marine Corps basic and I know people from since, since then and now, you know, in the air force as well, um, military service is kind of the exception. Um, I know people that were not, um, not natural born citizens, but they wanted, they, they use the military and military service to get their citizenship. So I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, but, um, there is a way for, uh, immigrants to come to the United States. They join the United States military. Uh, and in doing so, they, through that process, they get their citizenship. Um, I know there was plenty of people. There was at least a couple people in my, my boot camp uh, class that when I went through Marine Corps Basic, that during Basic, um, towards the end of it, they went to a, um, their citizenship ceremony uh, and they got their citizenship while they were in Basic. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, they continued their military service and they served out See, their that's, term. That's cool. So there, we, there's there's a way to do it. that up for sure. Um, and I, I like that. And those people, those people... And that sounds really bad, but like the people that that do it that route, sometimes they are even more patriotic than the natural born American citizens that join the military, dude. Those dudes are in there, and they're in there for the long haul, and they're like, dude, fuck yeah, let's get it. And uh, you know, I I have a lot of respect for the for people that 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 come from another country wanting to join, you know, our our armed forces. And yes, they use it to get their citizenship, but those people are so goddamn patriotic, um, you know, for the United States that that they don't you know they don't care. Um, and they'll they'll do their term and they'll get their citizenship and they'll 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 hook and jab with the rest of them. Um, well, and, they're and, uh, and I think that's awesome. They're finally in a in a country where people respect them, you know, just on face value. Especially joining the military, you know, doesn't matter what you look like or at least it shouldn't. If it is happening in the military, that's the last place it needs to be happening. It's really few and far between. Yeah, there there are issues of it, but for the most part, the military family is just like. It's one big family. Like we couldn't like, give yo, a fuck. Like yo, you're less. here. We don't care what you look like. We don't care what you came from. Where you came from, doesn't matter if you're a millionaire son or you're first generation immigrant. Like we all have the same mission. Let's let's go. Yeah. Let's get this done. And Jesus is. I wanted to. Touch yeah, I was on about this, to get to so, that too. Um, I don't think we should be angry with those who are being helped. We should be questioning why all americans have to struggle so much to receive the same type of assistance and that's a fantastic point because it goes back to the take care of your own before you strike start trying to take care of others i would love i'll just make this metaphor whatever uh i would love to go out and adopt and adopt 100 kids tomorrow i would i would love nothing more than to go buy 10 houses with 10 bedrooms hire nannies for all of them. I would love to take care of all of those kids tomorrow. But unfortunately, I don't have the funds for that. I'm taking care of my little nest. And that's as much as I can do right now, or at least as much as I think I can do. At some point in time, you have to take care of your own while helping others as much as you can. But fiscally, it's not responsible to start taking on the debt of as many other people that want to come through as possible while we're, we still have our own struggling right here who are U S born U S citizens. And that's not to value one life over another, but that's to say, Hey, look, we have these people struggling already. We have to figure out a way to take care of our own before we can start trying to take care of others in a come one, come all type situation. And unfortunately right now, as shitty as it is to say, and as much as I would love to say, we just have the funds to 
help out any person that crosses our borders right now. And if you want to stay and you want to work and you want to live life like an American, which basically means just don't hurt other people. Great. We'd love to have you, but we still have to take care of what's at home right now versus taking care of everybody else in the world. Cause right. that's just not, that's not feasible. Right. I want to touch on Jesus's other comment. Uh, he said his family was able to come here uh, because his mother was an American citizen born in Cali. Uh, uh, but even then, you know, they spent just about everything they had to get, to get the rest of his family here legally. Um, they struggled for years uh, afterwards after they came here. So he does empathize um, so much with the people having to come here with less. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a good point. Like you guys, you know, your family spent about everything you had to get here legally. And that's, that's, that's an issue with the system that we have in place is, is that it's so damn expensive and it makes it so hard for people to come here. Um, which, you know, in doing it that way, it does ramp up, um, illegal ways of, 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 of doing things. It's the same for everything. You know, you jack the cost up of medicine then the black market opens up for the same type of medicine you know there's always a, an avenue around certain things so in order to i think the be and the be all and end all of it is on immigration is that it needs to be reformed i'm not saying make it super easy for people to come here but at least you know ratchet down that cost and and, and ratchet down you know how much knowledge they need to have to come here you know definitely screen yeah. them and make sure that you know not a fucking criminal or whatever uh, but don't make it so difficult that then the, there's, you know, room for coyotes and um, exactly all that, you know, illegal immigration. To, I like how to you happen. said coyotes, coyotes, not just coyotes. Coyotes, coyotes man. That's how you. Los coyotes. coyotes. You gotta watch out. Cuidado de coyotes, bro. Yeah. So. And speaking of black markets, uh, Phoenix has legal uh, marijuana. You want to talk about a missed opportunity and capital for right. all states that are not legalized right now. Like it is so it is, dumb. It is dumb. And it's more so it's, you know, it's more and more gaining traction in, in subsequent states as, as other states see how much revenue was generated from Colorado and Washington and, and, and the other states that have legalized it, you know, well, it's, and in Nebraska, we saw Pete Ricketts literally saying that weed will kill your kids. And uh, it's weird because... Not once has anybody in the history of weed died from smoking too much people, weed. I saw four people walk into a dispensary this weekend, and uh, they were all on the same flight I was on when I left, and uh, they were all feeling fine. Weird. Yeah, I bet. So. Um, anyway, and I don't know why... Who's Poop Dish? No idea. <laughs> My man rolled in here with a, with a, a really odd fact. He said farts killed the dinosaurs, just saying. Well, Poop Dish... Welcome to the podcast. Poop Dish, thanks for being here. Thank you for your <laughs> off-the-wall contribution. Perhaps we'll get into that at a later date. I don't know. I'm going to have to do some research on that. I'm going to do some research on that I'm pretty one, sure there's only like Neanderthal, Neanderthals. Not even. Not even. I even think. Dude, maybe they were just putting just, some serious methane out in the... Who knows, man? Ah, oh, the great noise. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Lord Jesus. Um... <laughs> That's who killed the dinosaurs. Uh, Arts, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, That's going to be our first official What in the World podcast signage. It'll just say Farts Killed the Dinosaurs. That's what in the it. World podcast. Uh, we cover everything <laughs> from A to Z and Farts Killed the Dinosaurs. Hi, Gail. Uh, hey, Abby. Um, 
Zoo says he finds it interesting that so many Americans dislike that immigrants are here taking our jobs when the truth is immigrants work the jobs Americans won't work because of the poor pay and work conditions. It's true. They're Amen. Not, and and Amen. It's, that's a thousand percent. It's a double standard on Americans' part saying they like the old South Park joke. Their jobs. Well, no, they didn't take your jobs. You are just too prideful to to go work a a, a a garbage job because somebody somewhere told you you were you were better than that. Um, little little side note. Little side note. It's one of my biggest pet peeves to see a homeless person. Nine out of ten times they're white. Nine out of ten times they're white. Standing out in front of like a McDonald's or a Wendy's or a Walmart or whatever. And there's literally a sign it says that now says hiring. hiring opening positions. I'm like, yeah, uh, why don't you just turn on around? Like nobody loves a better story than that. You know, go get a job. And they get mad offended when you say, well, this place is hiring. Do you want to come? Or like I've, I've seen it do uh, uh, people have, like rolled up to homeless people. Like, hey, uh, my my company's like hiring for, you know, this, this job. And it's, you know, obviously it's not a great job. It's entry level or like a janitorial job or something like that. And they're like, Hey, you can come apply. I'm sure you'll get it. Like no big deal, dude. You can have a job and, you know, be able to start like living. And they're just like, Oh no, bro. I don't want to do that. And it's like beggars can't be choosers. My guy at this point, like, I mean, apparently beggars can be choosers because you're here begging and choosing not to work. But the opportunity is there, but you've told yourself for some reason that a, this is better because, uh, there's been many documentaries come go, come out that you know on panhandling, uh, people make mad money panhandling, um, and it's all tax free because it's just straight cash. Um, I wipe but asses than I could count putting myself through college, and I can guarantee you, if I can wipe an ass of a kid, that I that's literally the last thing in the world that I want to do. People can go work at McDonald's yeah, and take those low-level jobs and make something for themselves and save up and just gradually keep going. Yeah, like yeah, it sucks. It's a minimum. It's a minimum wage job, but you know it's better than sleeping on the streets. Yeah, like you can't you can't be picky. Just go work. Just go work. But that's that's an issue in America that's just been around for a long time. Is that everybody has this idea that they're better than than working a an entry level job at some place um and it's like you know no one's above you know anybody else gotta grind man you gotta grind sometimes you just gotta gotta grind put your nose to the grindstone and get after it and um if you have to work a shitty job for a little while you gotta work a shitty job for a little while dude random another random sidebar i wasn't really planning on talking about this but on this same topic i played courses this last weekend with the same level of service that I used to work at uh, here in Omaha, a golf course, like washing clubs and people taking my bag and stuff like that. And I used to think washing those clubs, like, man, if I ever get the chance to do something like this to where I'm just getting like pampered to this level, I'm really, I'm really going to be grateful. And this weekend I got to do it four times, man, is like a little bit of a humble flex, but I'm telling you, you can do it like yeah. you can do it just keep working you'll get there right uh so yeah squash yeah i remember that story you know dad dad 
uh, yeah, that was part of my example. I do remember that dad, my our dad actually tried to do that for somebody. He was gonna pay a guy to help him renovate one of their houses we, he was working on, and he was like, "Not nah, fuck that, dude. I'm just here to get money." Mm-hmm. So there's also Wade's, that uh, Wade's that grandpa. Uh, Wade's grandpa has a story like that also, um, where he tried to pick a guy up one time, panhandling, uh, and take him to lunch. And the guy was like, no, I'll, I just need some cash. And he's like, no, I'll, I'll pick you up and I'll take you to lunch. And like, I'd like to help you. And the guy's like, I can stand more or I can make more just standing here than I could if I took a free lunch. Right. So, um, Jesus, you do make a good point that entry level jobs at minimum wage will not pay for rent or apartment most anywhere, which is true. It, you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I'm not saying that like, you know, getting a minimum wage job is immediately going to turn your life around. But no, there's, you know, you can get, you know, you started that job. There's, there's assistance programs out there, um, as well for, for homeless people to, you know, you know, if they, you know, say you get a job, there's, there's places that, you know, they can go live. And I know that, that, that also is a, as a point of contention as well, because some of those places are overcrowded and there's a bunch, there's a bunch that goes into it, but the be all and end all of it is, um, you don't have to be homeless and i'm i'm biased also i should say because i live in omaha where like our homeless population per capita is on the lower side but there are also so many fantastic organizations in omaha like open door mission is the big one here where you can literally stroll in they will feed you they will clothe you they will house you they will put you in programs to help you find a job And I, I know, like, if we're talking about the Austins or the Dallas's, Portland was one of the homeless communities that I had ever been around that was that size. Um, I also talked to a few homeless people there in Portland because I'm just that weird and, like, gave my burger to a couple guys one night and, like, sat and chatted with them for a bit. Um, where they had purposely moved to Portland because it was the quote unquote homeless capital of the world and they could make more money as homeless people there than they could anywhere else. Right. And I'm it's well, like I, you can't make a you can't make a career out of being homeless. Yeah, and I like, um I will I'll say as well that I'm I'm jaded on that topic as well because um when we lived in the north the Northwest up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, there was multiple documentaries and news stories that followed homeless, homeless people. And it turns out they were just panhandling. So I'm jaded on that fact where the majority of the people I saw that were homeless when I was in, uh, an area where there was a, an abundance of, you know, quote, homeless people. It turns out that, you know, for example, there was one guy that the news station followed up there. Um, he, you know, dressed all scruffy and looked homeless did his eight hours or whatever panhandling, walked around the corner, got in his brand new BMW, and drove back home to his gated community. So there's also a lot of you know a lot of that that goes on as well. So that's where my you know jaded take on being homeless comes from. I'm not saying yeah. I'm like calloused against homeless people, and I know that there are plenty of situations out there where people literally have lost everything and don't have another option. Um, but I think what we're both saying is that there are programs out there to help you. If you're homeless, if you're homeless and, and, and again, going back to, yeah. And going back to Jesus's original, original point about immigration, taking care of the people we have here, there are single mothers that are working three jobs just to try to keep food on the table. 
that's where we definitely need to do a better job of helping those people out and making sure that they have what they need. Right. And to your point now, um, Jesus, you know, that we do need federal assistance programs, which many people are not in favor of. And I get that. And we need to change the stigma on, you know, assistance programs. Um, but I guess counterpoint to that as well, those programs have been abused for generations and now you have people, and I know personally people uh, that I've come in contact with that are just like what I call welfare families, which generation after generation after generation, they just suck on the tit of the government because uh, they know how to spin a yarn in such a way. But I've, don't get me started. That's I've got a whole rant I'll go on I about. was going to say, I've told the story before about I, I worked preschool for a long time, director. About 60% of our families were government-supported uh, for childcare, which was a great program. It really did give single mothers, single families a chance. Um, but then there was always that 10% of that 60% that would get a job just long enough to make sure they looked right with the state and then they'd stop showing up and they'd start picking their kids up like fresh from the pool and like their Yukon trailblazers and stuff. And they were just working the system. And yep. it sucks that those people literally take food out of the mouths of those people who are trying to do it the right way. Right. But that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I don't want to get long. That's a whole that, other podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. At this point, Jesus, we might as well just have you on the podcast because you're typing right? off in here. We're just going to bring you on <laughs> and we'll just have a, a, a lively, good natured discussion and debate about things. We'll um, get Tony back on and then we'll play matchmaker and we'll get Jesus back on also. Um, we'll <laughs> 89 Allen. Hey, love listening uh new to this hey well we appreciate you coming in man and uh we're glad that you're enjoying your time here um thanks for coming on alan we appreciate you having we appreciate having you sorry you i'm still like i two hours or two days ago i was like bedtime right now right I'm still, um yeah. but yeah so no and you're right jesus the few that abuse the system should not disqualify those that genuinely need it no and that's true but Again, those the what the like I've said before, there's always that ten five to ten percent that ruin it for the rest of everybody, and those are the ones that get you know the most attention, and and uh, yeah, OMG, no, I'm too shy to be on cam. Well, you don't have to turn your camera on; we can just hear your voice. <laughs> Come on, Jesus, bring on I, that big beautiful face of yours. At Come this point, on, we're gonna, we're probably gonna have you on soon. Uh, <laughs> it's not an option. It was a, that was a demand. Um, so moving on <laughs> moving on uh and i want to get because i will sit there and get long-winded about my take on welfare pro welfare welfare programs i can't talk um and that is definitely another podcast for another time um our last thing we want to cover tonight is uh it's kind of big um georgia the state of georgia just passed a new election bill i'll consider it no racist racist Racist, racist, um, racist. Uh, election bill. So they're calling it the Election Integrity Act of 2021. Um, it was passed under the legislature legislature on an on on a party line vote. No idea what that means. I'm not going to get into the 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 nitty gritty of that. Um, so basically, here's what happened. Uh, Georgia's new passed a new election election law, which they have changes to absentee voting. So the changes are as follows. Um, you can apply for your, um, absentee ballot if you, you know, you're over 65 with a disability in the military, or, you know, if you're an American citizen that lives over overseas, you're going to get 
You can apply once for your ballot and you'll automatically receive your mail-in ballot for the rest of that election cycle. For everybody else, the earliest that they can request their mail-in ballot will be 11 weeks before an election. Uh, when in, It used to be 180 days. So they basically cut the time in half that you can apply for your absentee ballot. Um, they changed the deadline um, about when those ballots are supposed to be sent in. It used to be um, the Friday before the election day. They've now backed it up two Fridays before election day uh, and in order to get everybody to get their ballots in earlier. And that stems from, to a large degree, all the mail-in ballots to this past election coming in weeks after uh, the election was over. Um, so, yeah, so counties... Uh, in Georgia, will now begin mailing out absentee ballots about three weeks later than before, um, s- starting four weeks before the election. So, you are now getting in Georgia. You're getting your ballot three weeks later than you used to, and you have to start and you have to turn it in basically two weeks before the election. So, if I'm doing the math on this correctly. Four weeks before the election is the earliest you can get your ballot, but you have to turn that thing in with two weeks before the election happens. So you're going to get your ballot, and you've got two weeks to, to do your um, research and vote and get that shit sent in. Metters said party line vote equals Republicans vote one way, Dems vote the other. Oh, thank you, Metters, for clearing that up for me. Appreciate you. This is why we have live chat. Um, so now they're also requesting... Uh, and re- that returning ballots will require uh, new ID rules. So you either have to, on your ballot, have to enter your driver's license number, your state ID number. If you don't have those, um, you need to turn in a copy of an acceptable voter ID. So now they're requiring photo identification on your mail-in ballots so they can verify you are who you say you are uh, on your ballots. Um and by the way, voter registration cards are free in the state of Georgia. So it's not because when I first saw this, I thought same thing, like trying to go after, oh, what's the term that they use? Segregated voting isn't the right word. Uh, voter restriction. Um, you know, oh, if you don't have a, a driver's license, you can't vote. Yeah, that was the main saying. glaring error that I saw in all of this. And now it's not it's basically a state issued id which they will give you for for free right so the Uh, entire process is just to speed things up and make sure that who you are voting as is who you are right those are the two things that's really yeah that's really but it's racist dude uh yeah apparently that's super Um, racist so for if their Georgia happens to have runoff voting, um, their analysis are now only going to be four weeks long instead of nine weeks long. Um, they are so now they're going to do um, absentee ballot drop boxes, which you know obviously didn't exist a year ago, but COVID kind of put that into place. Um, so now they're officially part of state law, so they're going to have ballot drop boxes. Um, but now there's going to be new changes to that. So the law requires now that 159 counties have at least one drop box, at least one. So you can't have a county that has no drop box. You can't live, you know, but there, so there has to be at least one, but you can put up as many as you fucking need. Um, uh, but it caps the number of boxes at one per a hundred thousand active voters. So. If you live in a county with 500,000 people, you're going to have five drop boxes spread out throughout the county. Um, if you live in a place that has less than 100,000 people in your county, like i.e. some rural-ass county out in fucking 
bumfuck nowhere Georgia, you're going to have one Dropbox and everybody's going to come to it. Right? Sorry. Um, and moves them inside, you know, so they're inside government, on government property. Um, have you have you seen that the petition on the, I don't, don't even know if I want to call them the left, because I know a lot of good left-leaning people that think this is completely ridiculous also. The petition from some Democrats, I'll put it that way, is that now that we boycott and we move the masters out of Georgia and we also move the MLB All-Star game out of Georgia. And I've seen that they were they're they're calling on Delta and uh Coca-Cola to do like put the squeeze on the government as well, the state government. What <laughs> we say it all the time. You can't respond to things like this with this like drastic cancelistic type of ideology to where if you do something that we don't agree with we're just gonna try to de-platform and defund and and boycott and cancel you. yeah so what they don't like, realize is if you move the masters out of georgia you move the mlb out of georgia you move nfl out of georgia you move coke out of georgia you move delta out of georgia you've just lost a shitload of jobs a shitload of income and a shitload of tourist many- revenue Okay, let me put it to you this way. Last year, Omaha missed out on $16 million in revenue just in ticket sales from not being able to host the College World Series because of COVID. That's just ticket sales. You're not talking about all the people that own private parking lots that charge out the ass people $20 a day to park. You're not even considering half of the pie so now you want to cut off your nose to spite your face because you don't like how this state is responding and to try to quote unquote stick it to the man you're gonna hurt the the working class people that we were just talking about that yeah are so they yeah they don't understand they don't understand the that they want to they want to do that and then what's gonna what's gonna happen afterwards they're gonna be like well why is our state so poor why do we not have any money where'd all the jobs go and be like you you ran them out of town because you got your panties in a twist over something that you th- thought was racist and turns out is actually not because Meadows brought up a good point. You have to show your ID to do mo- almost anything anywhere, so why not show it to vote? So buying alcohol is racist. Uh, buying tobacco is racist. Getting into a casino is racist. I mean, getting into a club is racist. That's just three getting things. onto federal property is racist. Going to the court is racist. Go like, I cannot tell you the amount of times I had to pull. I've pulled my ID up and like, here you go. Here you go. Here they you go. give they... you a voter registration card for, for free. It's not it racist that they're giving you zero the dollars. fucking option to go and do it, but we don't want to take that option. Why? All Why? you're saying Why? is you have to prove you're a real person, which let's add to the list. Being an ordained minister must be racist also, because when I did wade's wedding and both of my siblings wedding as the ordained minister it took me 15 minutes online to prove to this system that i'm a real person so when i sign their marriage certificate they say hey that guy's a real person that dude's a real minister he has the cost me cost me zero dollars cost me zero moral dollars that's for sure it just was me saying hey this is who i am and that's fine it, it it's so asinine to me and I feel like it's something new all the time that I just don't 
it, it bothers me when I can't understand it mm-hmm. because I, I, we've talked about this before also, like with the Capitol Hill stuff, listening to a podcast, Joe Rogan, um, who is super racist, um, that, uh, it's one thing to look at how people think and just write it off and say, I can't believe they think that way. It's another thing to really look at it and say, I can't believe they think that way. I should try to understand where this ideology is coming from so I can understand them better. And this is one thing that is just so blatantly diversive to be diversive. I, I just don't, I, I don't, I truly don't understand. Yeah, I don't, it. I can't I don't, wrap my head around it. I don't get it. There was other, as I was like scanning through some stuff, there was another change to the law that said, you know, people can't provide water and snacks to people waiting in line to vote. And I was like, okay, fine. Like we're all grown adults. Bring your own water and snacks. If you know you live in a highly populated area and you're going to have to wait in line for two That's hours to vote. Stupid rule anyway. Right. I mean, like, why are we, <laughs> why, why are we is spending, that a thing? Why like, are, why are we, we spending quabbling? state funds on water and snacks for people? Why are we quabbling over the fact of people who we just want them to prove that they're real people to the fact of whether you can give out snacks and water in line. Yeah. Like that's such a stupid it's so asinine. thing. That's so that's like 990,000th on the list of things that we should be concerned about coming into an election cycle. Yeah. Like th- it's something that we shouldn't even fucking talk about right. dude it's so S- stupid yeah squash yeah i get it you know people wait in line for 18 hours to vote well you know come prepared people wait in line for longer than that to go to concerts and they bring a tent chairs and snacks those people that waited 18 hours in line to vote i would like to say mostly were early voters because they wanted to get to the polling place early to vote in the days before the actual election cycle So here in Omaha, people were waiting five, six hours to vote, and that was all early voting. I showed up on the day of, walked in, filled out my ballot, walked right back out. I had two jackets with me because it was chilly that day, and I wanted my big jacket, and I wanted my small jacket. I had my AirPods. I was like going to throw on a podcast, probably like an hour wait, walked in, walked out. And if you want to wait 18 hours, that's fine. Or if you want to do early voting, that's fine. Or if you want to vote on the day of, that's all fucking fine and dandy. Figure out what works best for you in your jurisdiction, plan accordingly, and go vote. Here, yeah, that's people, all we like, want. Concert goers, like I when I went, you went to concerts and people that wait in line for video game releases and none of that shit, prepare for those things. Voting, if you have an inkling that you're going to be waiting in line for a long time to fucking vote, prepare accordingly. It's not hard. Um, so then there's some changes to the, uh, state election board. Um, obviously most Georgians don't directly interact with the state election board, but you know, um, the secretary of state will no longer chair the election board. Um, instead a non-voting ex officio member, uh, becoming, and they will become instead a non-voting ex officio member. Uh, the new chair would be a nonpartisan, but appointed by the majority of the state house and Senate. Um, uh, the law also says the governor should appoint someone if the position becomes vacant when lawmakers are not in session. You know, other changes to the election board's powers would give the board and, by extension, the legislature more power to intervene in county election boards that are deemed underperforming. Um, 
In addition, a legislature appointed chair, the five member board is made up of one member appointed by the House and one by the Senate, and each one picked by the Democratic and Republican parties. Um, uh, the election board and county commissioners, or a certain number of state and house. Uh, state House and Senate members that represent a county could request an independent group to conduct or perform uh, a conduct a performance review of their appointed elections board or probate judge that supervised the elections. Um, well, and sorry, there's no, two things in the chat here that yeah, I want to bring up. Also, wouldn't mind Election Day being a national holiday, thousand percent. I'm in with that. Everybody, the day off. Yep. Um, uh, Jesus says, I think y'all missed the point here. This law is targeting the people who have no other recourse than to wait at one polling location because Georgia has been closing polling locations in lower income neighborhoods. There's a couple things to touch on there. Um, one, you're a thousand percent right that in the past, Georgia has had some very targeted laws and polling restriction in lower income areas and neighborhoods. That's a thousand percent correct. I think what this bill, the goal of this bill is to achieve is that that goes away. Um, I have one polling location also. I get my voter registration card. Everybody does. You get one polling place. That's your place to go. What they have done in the past is they've tried to put more distance in between, well, they're not going to come out and say this, but in between lower income neighborhoods and the closest polling location. That's a thousand percent true. I think what this strives to do is to give everybody the opportunity for early voting, give everybody the opportunity to have a drop box that's somewhat centrally located. So even if you have to make a little bit of a drive to your drop box, you show up, you drop it off, you go back to what you were doing. You don't show up, wait an hour, two hours in line, whatever. So I, I, I get that narrative um, of wanting to make those kind of laws, bills, whatever of past a, a, a back thought because we don't want to make it hard on people to vote. I think it's yet to be seen because it's brand new. I think this is striving to do exactly what has made it so hard in the past. I think what also comes into play on that is um, to some degree, people just becoming too used to be things being convenient for them all the time. So if some little thing happens that's inconvenient. Now it's a huge issue. I don't think I've ever been anywhere in America where it, it takes me an hour to drive across across a county. I don't unless you're out in the middle of like freaking nowhere, Montana. Um, I'm pretty sure counties aren't that fucking big, and it's not going to take you an hour to drive from. Say you live on one end of the county, it's not going to take you an hour to drive to the other end of the county if that happens to be where uh, the polling place is or the ballot drop boxes. Um, and if you happen to live in a county where there's not that many people and there's only one polling place and one drop box. So be it. That's sorry. No, and, and what's happened in the past is, is elected officials do what elected officials do. And they take advantage of areas that they see that they can take advantage of. Right. So IE you have single mother working three jobs. It's election day. Let's put the polling location as far away as we can from her as possible, because we know she's probably going to vote Democrat, whatever. So Republicans, if they happen to be the elected official in that state, say, hmm, 
let's take a look at these maps and make it as hard as possible for that person to drop what they're doing and go show up and vote. I think what this law, this bill strives to do is to alleviate some of that pressure. And like Wade said, election day is a national yeah. holiday alleviates a lot of these issues, which is thousand percent true why it should be a national holiday. But I, and I might be wrong if I'm missing something in this, please bring it to light. But I think what was just passed in Georgia, as far as voting restrictions, polling place rules, whatever you want to call it, aims to make it easier for people to make it faster and easier. And that's all that I've been able to gather. Right. So far. And Hazus, you're Hazus, you're 100% correct saying that voting shouldn't be so difficult. No, it should not. And like we said, Wade makes a good point. If Election Day was a national holiday, it would not be so difficult. Um, House Republicans have been trying to convince people that vote by mail is riddled with fraud, yet mail-in voting has existed since the Civil War. Why is it now so unsafe? It's just uh, another bipartisan issue that they're using to to sway things in their favor. That's it's, why. It's not, it's not unsafe. unsafe, and it's not what, riddled with as much fraud as they would have you believe. No, what happened is a lot of people who happen to be Democrat didn't feel safe going to a polling place because we're in the middle of a national pandemic, which is completely fine. And then you see these numbers shift, which if you listen to the Joe Rogan election podcast, that that polling official expert was saying from the very beginning of the podcast, when these male voters start to have their numbers trickle in, you're going to see a huge uptick towards Biden because a lot of those people happen to be Democrat Democratic. So you see these huge swings, which are, you know, pretty much unhistoric. But we're also in an election cycle that's pretty unhistoric in the middle of a pandemic. So, yeah, you're going to see those weird number swings. It right. was not unsafe. No. The, the meddling did not impact the election. There's been multiple studies that have come out and said that, yes, there is in every election, doesn't matter what election it is. In every election, there's some degree of fraud, voter fraud and some degree of I wouldn't even call it tampering what they found in this last one was that it was basically targeted ads coming from russia trying to swing voters um neither one of those things are enough were enough or have ever been enough to make such a huge impact that it swung an election no no and his his last point if if a, if a polling place is cl closing by 5 p.m in that district I feel like there should be some there's something that needs some speculation like, going on in there that because I think I bullshit. can't remember I can't remember the official time here but I know it was at least six or seven p.m. Yeah, for me, in Omaha. like since I've been able to vote, m most of my polling places that I've seen have been like we're open till like some of them are super late, like eight nine o'clock at yeah. night. Yeah, so they're giving people a chance. So if they're closing by five p.m., something like somebody needs to go look into that um and be like what the fuck are you guys doing most times they open early so you can stop on your way or they close late so you can stop on your way home yeah and so, if you do happen to be working two jobs that's unfortunate that you don't have at least the time of day to go and get that done and having to but take your i own... would look into early voting yeah or yeah like i would have i would you know having to take your own personal time off of work or whatever to make sure you still get paid for it to go vote that's that sucks and that's Didn't, not good and like Meadows has said election day is a national holiday alleviates a lot of that but at the same time there's also other 
avenues people can pursue to get their ballot in, i.e. early voting, mail-in mail uh, ballots, that kind of stuff. It's just I feel like there's also a degree of laziness that happens and procrastination that happens with people. Yeah. Uh, which is why they want to complain and be like, well, this isn't convenient for me. Well, fucking life's not convenient. Work around it. And that's my cold, hard, and- callous take on it. <laughs> um, but that is also kind of due to how I grew up. Like if it's it, nothing's going to be convenient for you all the time, figure out how to make it convenient for you. Didn't they put restrictions on workplaces being able to tell people that they could or couldn't take like their lunch breaks or like some I, extra time off? I think so. I think that they did. And, 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 and yes, it sucks that, you know, on election day, if you, that's the only time for some reason you were able to vote, go and vote that you had to take your lunch, lunch break instead of going to get a chicken sandwich from Popeye's to go and yeah. vote like that sucks. And I'm sorry, but at the same time, if you know that that's how your business or your workplace operates, plan accordingly. Pack a lunch that day. Go vote. Eat your sandwich. Let's just make it a national holiday. But in the be-all and end-all of it is Metters is right. Make it a national holiday. It alleviates a lot of things. The polling places can fucking close at 5 or whatever. They can close at 5, but if there's people in line, let them continue to let them vote. If somebody shows Hell. up after 5, sorry, bro, you missed your chance. If everybody's off, you but can if everybody's off, shut it off at 5. Yeah, but like... But like Matter said, the, the 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 easy fix is to just make Election Day a national holiday, a federal holiday. Everybody gets off work, go fucking vote, and this will alleviate a lot of issues. Haley brings up a really good Hi, comment also. Hello, Haley. <laughs> Get it? That's her name. <laughs> um, have you all seen that some states are considering voting from your phone using blockchain voting? Um, it's the first I'm hearing of it. I've heard it. It's extremely complicated. It sounds like it would be very complicated. So you're essentially setting up a system that's similar to as if you were buying Bitcoin. I feel like that becomes more susceptible to voter fraud than anything else. Well, so that's obviously the big argument against it is we already exist within a system that experiences some fraudulent circumstances, some suspect circumstances. And now you're just, if you really want to give Putin and Kim Jong-un like the biggest smiles on their faces, you're going to say, well, yeah, let's just do it all online. Yeah. Because they're going to start to get to work to hacking that system. You're going to have Dimitri in the right away. in the back corner of the KGB office like, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened. I can now hack American voting systems, sway votes our direction. Like, Let me... Let me answer that question, I think, as maybe simply as I can without going into a 20-minute conversation on talking it. talking about Haley's or Jesus's? Haley's. Sorry, okay. I, no, you're good. I'm still deep in thought here on this because there's a lot to unpack with that question. If you can create a system that is safe and quote-unquote unhackable and will give us a situation where people can literally vote on their phone... I think that's the most patriotic way to do it, to really give everyone a fair, equal shot at voting, right? Everybody's voice is heard. My main issue in my pessimistic brain goes to what I just mentioned. You're giving some major players a real green light into really trying to find a new way to hack and fuck our systems. Yeah. And that makes me real nervous like real real nervous i 
I would love it. I would love it if I could hop on my phone and vote. Um, I just don't know how you're going to make that safe. And my little brain isn't smart enough to be able to comprehend how you're going to be able to make that safe. Um, In response to Jesus's question, uh, he said, but if there are situations making it harder for others to vote and not necessarily, not just necessarily y'all, then why are these officials not listening? Short answer, officials don't really give a fuck. Until there's enough voices that put pressure on them. Exactly. Um, yeah, so they don't really give a fuck. So what everybody forgets is that the people have the power, but those in power, i.e. your officials, have twisted that narrative and made us all, you know, made the majority of people believe that we don't have as much power as we, you know, as we do. Which is why it's so important to vote locally. Vote yes. locally. Pay attention to local matters and vote for your local officials who will do way more for you than either Biden or Trump would have done. Vote for local officials. Do your homework. Don't just fill out a card because they say Republican or Democrat. Exactly. Do a little homework. Vote for the people you like. Right. I better said if blockchain was hackable, there'd be quite a few more Bitcoin billionaires. And, you know, see, then that's where, you know, that's why I didn't really get into that question because I don't have enough knowledge on blockchain or anything like that. Well, the firewalls that are in place, uh, but and there's always somebody smart enough out there to do it. Um, and then once they do it, then the information gets out and they can tell others. So, it, again, I'm I'm frankly just not smart enough to give a real viable answer to this question. Not a software engineer. I can see the the path for just absolute election fraud. And I can see the path towards like a true democratic or not democratic, patriotic way of having everyone's voice heard. Well, that's still a democratic. You're still right saying democratic. Yeah. Yeah. And then somewhere in between there, I know that there's a lot of wiggle room and arguments to be made that I would probably sit there and be like fraud, (laughs) fraud, fraud. Uh, patriotic, patriotic. Um, okay, I still don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> Better said, I'll concede it, it only takes one person. It's true. <laughs> it does. As that one dude is going to do it, and then he's going to be like, there's going to be a YouTube video come out that goes, I hacked the blockchain for voting. And everyone's going to be like, oh, shit. Shit. And then there's going to be about 70,000 people that know how to do it. So, yeah. uh, anyway, but that's, you know. People have a lot of time on their hands. It's true. And they all want the clout. Yep. The almighty clout. Indeed. Um, as far as Alex and I are concerned, I think we're pretty much all wrapped up on everything we wanted to talk about. So this is the time in the show when we turn it over to you, the viewer, and uh, live chatter. What are your questions for us this we, week? Based, we had a, sorry, go no, ahead. Go based, ahead. Uh, based off of what we talked about or perhaps something kind of related, maybe not related. Um, think of your questions, Alex. We had a lot of content this week. Um, I know. I, I was... did not think we were going to have this much content. No, for me, looking so, around this week, I was like, damn, it was kind of a slow news week. Um, we were As always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for commenting and keeping this lively exactly. and keeping us on our toes for, for some sure. good context um, again i will you know i'll plug both of our socials they're at the start screen and the end screen if you guys run across something throughout the course of the week that you think uh, would be a good topic for us to talk about 
um please hit us up on twitter uh we're both pretty active on twitter um slide in the dms let us know um and then you can always as always um check out the youtube channel all these videos go live on the youtube channel for the most part within a couple of days of airing here um and leave your comments there as well jesus asked the question thank you jesus god damn it jesus i thought we were gonna get away from this before i wanted to talk about this so bad before we get into that bullshit um squash squash asked monkey monkey or lizard and he's talking about godzilla vs kong i'm going lizard on that one um i don't thinking logically it's a fucking nuclear fucking lizard dude there's no way a giant gorilla beats a nuclear lizard that's just me I am going to play the devil's advocate because growing up in Super Smash Brothers, I was always DK, Mario Kart DK. So give me that fucking Kong. I don't give a shit about that giant lizard. I don't care if he breathes fire and it's totally unfeasible. But hey, one thing that my dude Kong has got that that little reptilian bastard does not is... A little bit of use of the old opposable thumb. Who needs thumbs right? when you can literally blow out depleted uranium little, out of well, your mouth? You could pick up a building and use it as a shield. That's Have you one seen thing. what nukes do to buildings? Could, I don't think that's going to work very well. You could grab a real big circular object and throw it at that lizard. <laughs> Take, Give me Kong, dude. Give me Kong. Anyway, um, Metters, you're right. Unfortunately, I think you're right, Metters, just because Kong works for the quote-unquote good guys, i.e. humanity, so I can already see this movie playing out where Kong wins, and I'm pissed about it. Uh, anyway, Put your bets in, folks. Put your bets in. Let's get into the fucking Lil Nas, Lil Nas X in his fucking so-called Satan shoes as, as his big promotional bid for his new album and song or whatever. They are, to be noted not sponsored by like they are nike shoes but nike's like we don't want no part of this um people i think so they're custom suit them probably they're custom like uh air max 97s they're all black with red trim and apparently each pair has a one drop of human blood in the sole of the heel and uh there's there was only 666 of them made that's a big promotional thing um yeah, Nike's suing. Fucking, you, you, whatever, man. If you want to use it to get your music out, then it, that's fine. That's kind of kind of weird, but, you know, artists are weird. Yeah. Lil Nas uh, has been roasting people online, and it's hilarious. I'll have to look into it. He, he I'm not going to lie, dude. Lil Nas has, uh, has a very strong meme game. <laughs> dude, the dude, here's, here's the worst part about Lil Nas... Well, not the worst part. I said that really poorly. I'm looking at his shoes right now. They're actually kind of fresh. Except, yeah, I mean, they look cool. They're black with red trim. Except the Satan star on the tongue. That's like It's like a little pentagram. gold pennant. Yeah, the pentagram. And then you really want to just try to piss God off. Uh, it says Luke 10, 18. I saw that. Uh, and then it's 6-666. And then it has like the little clear um like bottom of the nike shoes and apparently that's where the blood is yeah i mean uh, and here's the thing why what was the why, verse again luke dude? 10 what luke 10 18, 10 18 which is something about striking down luke chapter 10 verse 18 got the bible app um it said and he said unto them i beheld satan as lightning fall from heaven yeah oh there you go Hey man, if uh, if Satan's your thing, 
Um, a, I would like to interview on this podcast, and B, <laughs> true. Um, believe whatever you want to believe. I'm not advising believing in Satan. Um, that is no personal advice towards anyone. That is, this is own. not religious advice. Because I actually believe the opposite, but I'm not going to hate you, or I. Right. I might have some questions for you, but I'm not going to judge you. Jesus is right, though. It's just it's a it's a honestly, if you look at it from strictly a business and marketing perspective, it is a brilliant marketing strategy to oh, it's to ramp up uh, marketing for your upcoming album and your singles that you're releasing, and to make some money because there's going to be people that pay hand over foot for a pair of those shoes. Um, Combo is also right. If Ozzy Osbourne can bite the head off a bat now, granted that was a fake bat. Nobody take that. It was never real animals. Um, while on stage in a concert, then little Nas can do whatever he wants. True. This is America. Um, yeah, no, he can, uh, Haley's right. It was not a real bat combo. I've watched and researched and seen documentaries and stuff. It was not a real bat. You psychopath. It's very similar to the potato head or the Dr. Seuss thing. You know, it's just a marketing ploy and, uh, shit. He, I think his biggest mistake is not charging two grand yeah. for those shoes. If Yeezy can charge four grand for a pair of sneakers, then he could definitely charge two grand. Yeah. And he's, he's really not, I don't think that, I mean, maybe he is a Satanist. I don't know, but I follow him on Twitter he's, and I don't follow that many. I don't follow any rappers. I don't, I don't. think other than him. On I follow Twitter. him just cause he's his meme funny. game is strong. Yeah. Real funny guy. Cool guy. Also yeah. like I, when, when he came out as gay, it was like right after the whole take my horse to the hotel room. Yeah. And his fucking quote tweets about like people finding out he was gay. And after they, they're found like, out they're like, oh, that's <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Dude. Yeah, I know it's so funny, <laughs> but no, Jesus funny. is right. It's smart because the people that are offended, mainly Omega religious people, um, are giving it more exposure, and that's that's. Yeah. I think that is the be all and end all of what he did with that is because he knew that those people were going to be offended, and he was like, "It's free real estate." Like, where's Where's the blood coming from? That's what I want to know. Darth, you're wrong. Like, it's a real bat. Uh, I'm going to get back to you on that one. I'm pretty sure it Is wasn't. it like cadavers? I that, have no idea. I'd have to do. I'd have to look into it, uh, which I don't really want to because I don't what's give too much of a What's going to be funny is he's going to come out later and be like, hi, y'all thought that was real blood. It's psych. I got that from Spirit <laughs> of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Y'all really got tripped up, huh? Because yeah. even Nike's coming out and like, hey, these are custom. We have no relationship. Yeah, Nike's like, we didn't, they bought those and customized them. We didn't like, mm-mm. like this isn't something he ran by Nike and they were like, yeah, cool. Nike's trying to distance himself so hard from a Even Nike's a little bit. The biohazard yeah. that could be those because God forbid one of those souls breaks in a crowded place and now you got blood on the floor. Yeah. You're talking about like Nike <laughs> as far. He said it's mine. It's I mine. donated to the Nas. <laughs> <laughs> you, donated, you donated enough blood to fill up 666 pairs of shoes. Wade's about to be rich. True. Forget <laughs> playing the stock market. This man's about to take a fat cut off of these I custom know. Nikes. Now I need a couple vials of that blood, Wade. If if it's really yours, That's I'm hilarious. trying to sell this aftermarket. All right. Just buy some Nikes and fill that shit up. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Anyway, um, uh, it's only sixty-six milliliters of human blood. I don't even. That's know. that's not a lot. Um. All right. 
Jesus. Anyway, as always, we appreciate you guys coming out, listening to us ramble on uh, for a little while um, about stuff. For our YouTube audience uh, who sees this later, appreciate you guys as well. Make sure you know you like, subscribe, leave me a comment, please. I do go and read those when I'm uploading the other videos. So sometimes I am slow if there is a comment responding, but I do I do respond. Um, to those um share it with your friends on youtube share this link for for the twitch stream uh when we do it and and uh you know let's all fucking hey, ride this wave 50 followers on twitch are we, we there now be up, we might even be up a couple more because uh close, we were at man. 50 we were at 50 going into this stream tonight and i think we gained one if not two more tonight well that's huge so we've hit 50 followers hey, so now hey, the only thing hey, we need to do hey, hey, hey. um and this is going to be depending how schedules work out, but we're going to have to throw in probably a couple of extra just little like fun streams for hour or two or whatever, just so we can hit the benchmarks that Twitch has maybe, uh, set maybe up. We should, maybe we should put out another survey, like whether people want us to do like a Friends Friday, because we did that Drunk Friends Friday that one time, and that was pretty fun. It was fun. Uh, I got like my schedule's packed now. I'm going back to a normal work schedule and everything, but... Basically, what I'm getting at is we've hit all the benchmarks for Twitch to to apply for the affiliate program, which means we can, this is not what we're in it for, but we can start monetizing. Um, so when, you know, when we get that, we've got to, we've got to hit, you know, certain amount of hours streamed um, in a 30 day period and doing this once a week doesn't hit those hours. Uh, it would hit it if we went for a lot longer, but uh, we know you guys don't want to sit here for four hours. Um so we'll probably throw in a couple of extra streams here and there so we can hit that benchmark um and then we'll kind of ratchet it back down to our normal once a week and then occasionally we'll throw in since we have a community we'll throw in some community days uh here and there but that being ben, said we're not in it for the money but ben did you just say we have a community we do have a community we have a community this is this i is, love our little community i love man. our community you guys are great some fantastic uh, squash community. said prepare for ads by nordvpn yeah once we get to that part we'll be sponsored on youtube and it'll be like this episode was brought to you by nordvpn and i'll ramble on about a vpn for 10 minutes not mid for two minutes and get our cash flow just kidding um anyway well, no shame no shame anyway we love you guys uh we will see you next week at our regularly scheduled time on sunday at 7 p.m eastern 6 p.m central barring anything crazy happening and um yeah you guys be safe have a good week make sure to please definitely hit us up on our social medias twitter um twitter is the best way uh t twitter to you know if there's something that happens during the week let us know and we will look into it and cover it if you know we deem it necessary or warranted um which more might... than likely if you guys send it to us we will probably cover it I might have a guest lined up for next Sunday also. Huge W. Let's go. So um, I'll keep you guys posted. One last thing. Arkansas plays tonight, 10 p.m. in the Elite Eight. Woo pig. I would appreciate everyone's uh, support in that. Thank you very much. No, you get to be an honorary Arkansas fan now because Texas lost out. You know what, Ben? I will root for Arkansas tonight. See, just I would, for you. I would do the same for you. I will root for Arkansas, even though Shaka Smart's gone, dude. No more Shaka. Crazy. That, that's next podcast. I think the guy that I have coming on for next podcast is an Austin guy. Is it Jesus? 
It may be. <laughs> if this one falls through, know. I'm coming for you, Jesus. No, Jesus. Please say it's so Jesus. Woo pig, woo pig indeed. All right, guys, we're going to oh. get out of here. I need to cook some food and get ready for this game. I love you all, and we'll see you next week.